DanielBritt.com. Well, you know, there are old singers and there are new singers. There are rookies and then there are those who are seasoned. And then there's, there's today's guest. I'm not real sure how to, how to categorize her. She's been at it for a long, long time. But to a lot of folks, she's relatively new thanks to the Gaither videos. We're going to talk about her long history in music and about, um, uh, about her Gaitherization. We'll talk about that as well. Welcome, Linda Randall. Hey, Daniel, how are you? I'm good. Or should I introduce you, as Bill used to introduce you, Linda Tate Randall? <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Look, I think my husband likes the Linda Randall thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Tate is my past. No, actually, Tate is all of who I am, too. But, yeah, Linda Randall's fine. Linda Tate doesn't matter. Well, we're going to start at the beginning, and I guess we'll have to talk about uh, a sister that uh, a, a, a city that is a sister city to both of us, uh, with XM being it located in Washington, D.C. Yes. That's where you grew up, right? I born and raised right there in the heart of the city. It's interesting enough that you say born there. I meet a lot of folks who say, oh, I'm from D.C., I'm from D.C. And uh, I know most of them, and no offense, to a lot of the folks that tell me that are vanilla, which in my terms <laughs> it means white, and right. I tease to call my chocolate friends, my black friends, chocolate sometimes. <laughs> but but I'll, they'll say, oh, I grew up there, and I go, whereabouts? And they'll go, Oh, well, right outside of D.C., um, mm-hmm. Maryland or Virginia mm-hmm. line. Yeah. But, no, I grew up in the heart of the nation's capital right there. I'm only about literally 10 minutes from the Capitol building and not far mm-hmm. from the White House. And, yeah, so right there. Your family still live there? Mom still live there, sister there, niece, and uh, a lot of uh, relatives live in Washington, yes. Has anything changed uh, since 9-11? Is, is it is it a scarier place to live now? Well, you know what? My niece uh, was working, I think, either at the Pentagon or near, and my sister worked uh, there for the government as well. But just that whole scene where all of the um, the subways and things were shut down and high high security and the airports yeah. were a lot – it was a lot more intense. Um, in that area than any uh, than a lot of places um, like Kansas City, you know, it was it was hard, but it wasn't as hard because they were right there where some of the things were targeted, like as New York uh, as well. But uh, but you know, pretty much back to normal. You know, the churches were packed out for a few weeks and different things. Everybody was God, God, God. But uh, I think uh, things have kind of gotten back to as they were. Yeah. Basically, yeah. And you live in Kansas City now, right? Kansas City, Missouri. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, that's kind of out in out in the Midwest, uh, and it's not near Nashville. It's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not near anything, <laughs> though. No, no. So how do you how do you travel? How do you get places? <laughs> well, let me just say this. Let me say this real quick. How I got here. My husband yeah. was born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri, and uh, uh, he's flipping through a little television station, and I would come here for two months out of the year from the East Coast to sing. My roommate in college told her folks that lived here in Missouri that his dad, her dad, was in the pastor. I know this gospel singer and and you know we're living together there in, in uh, virginia where i went to school and so they brought me out for two months in the summer to sing and they put me on this little television station my husband was flipping through one day saw me singing i didn't have a ring on he called his brother in and said i'm gonna marry that woman and sure enough the story goes on and on but happened to go by a church one sunday knew this pastor and another guy i met michael wasn't interested a year later the tides turned and here we are that's how i got to this place <laughs> That I totally enjoy. Uh, I, I totally enjoy being here. It's been such a blessing. It's a wonderful, um, just it's breathing room. I never desired much to live in Nashville or the musical city, so to speak. And mm. and uh, we travel full time now on our bus. Our kids go with us, and we homeschool one um, full time. And there's one that's in school, and the school works with her. It's only like uh, 20 students that attend uh, 
that mm. Christian school, so the teachers, everybody's real good about that. So we're we're in ministry together, absolutely. So we just leave here and do what we need to do. It's great. Well, back to Washington and growing up in the city. Uh, tell me how that influenced your, your not only your your childhood but your spiritual life, and and how that has helped you in uh, the later ministry now that you have as an adult. Daniel, I you know what? I just heard a pastor this morning speaking about your destiny and 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 what it is that you're called to, and one of the ways that you know that are like the things that you're passionate about. And let me just say this: I was born in a wonderful godly family my mom and dad love the lord and it was through their love for jesus that i really saw the light uh literally and um where i came to know the lord my dad led me to the lord at our kitchen table but i was in a predominantly black neighborhood i'm going to get very real with you here for a minute in a predominantly black neighborhood with one white family on my street we were taught to love people at all costs you know it wasn't a big deal but of course you're still learning about different cultures as you're growing up and so I went to a school. I wasn't even singing at all. That was never on my agenda, never part of my plan. I was going into cosmetology and fashion designing. Short of the long, I got off to this school for visual arts, just cut up, just completely rebelled, ninth grade, and failed in ninth grade, and my parents were desperate. They put me in the predominantly, and not desperate by putting me in the white school, but they tried to find help, period. There was one Christian school in the Maryland area, Riverdale Baptist, um, where I eventually got married years and years later, but um, put me in this Christian school, predominantly white Christian school, where they didn't have the art classes or various things that I wanted to take. So I ended up taking sign language and got thrown into a predominantly, well, an all-white choir, the only black person. They wanted to sing Negro spirituals. From that place, Daniel, God began to birth this passionate, passionate desire of reconciliation, racial reconciliation, and there's still a need today. I know people think, oh, everything's all cool and it's great, but he's put me in a lot of predominantly white circles as a black person. You know, like with the Gaither Tour, there's not many of us on the tour, Jesse and myself. And that's something that I'm extremely passionate about, and I can honestly say the upbringing that I had and all the kind of twists and turns that I took my parents through and that I went through in my journey and walk with the Lord has brought me to this place where I want to see the body of Christ come together. I mean, not just some ritual, realistic thing that we might do on Martin Luther King's birthday or Mm. da-da-da-da-da, whatever, Mm. but just to really love your neighbor as yourself, no matter what background that person's from, you know, and that's something I'm very, very passionate about, and that has a lot to do with my upbringing. I don't, I believe if I was not raised the way I was raised and the circumstances that I um, experienced as a young person, that I would be passionate about uh, being in these circles, because when I first started singing, I was in a lot of the predominantly white circles, and I thought, you know, black churches, people talk back at you, they'll throw things at you, you know? <laughs> and I was singing in some of these churches, Daniel, and folks would just look at me like, what? And I would think, oh, no, I failed, but then after it was over, they would come up and go, oh, I was crying in my spirit, I wanted to raise my hands, I was rejoicing, so it took me a minute, uh, and 25 years later, I get it now, you know, yeah, right, to, right. to adjust to, to some of those things, but... um yeah, it's 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 something that I'm grateful for. Um, every bit of my upbringing um, with my parents and just teaching me whatever I did to be completely passionate about to see it through. And so this is something that uh, I enjoy. I, I love just being in these um, mixed and diverse cultural settings. It's just part of who I am. Tell me about your family uh, growing up. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I'm in the middle of seven. Wow. 
the middle of seven brothers and sisters. And, and so you're a middle child. I'm the middle baby. <laughs> and you're not messed up, huh? <laughs> no, I, well, you know, I don't know. You might ask some of my friends yeah, in my family, right. but but you know, I don't think so. I don't. <laughs> you know, Bill told my mom one of the last concerts, "You did a really good job raising Linda." Yeah. So I don't know. I, I've got a long way to grow, but I would like to think I'm pretty much kind of normal. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> that's probably relative. I know, but <laughs> well, most people I think may think that. Um, that you have a platform to sing and that you're singing gospel music because you have a brother named Michael Tate who had this group called DC Talk. Yeah. But uh, it's actually the other way around. He, uh, as I've uh, done some research and I've talked with you, you've been singing a lot longer than he's been singing, Absolutely. and his first concert was actually on your platform, on your stage. Absolutely. And, you know, I was really surprised and it was humbling at the same time when uh, Toby Mack or Toby McKeon mm-hmm. So many years ago, my brother, he goes, Linda, Mike, especially, like, I would not be doing this if it had not been for you already out there inviting us to sing and da-da-da. And I hadn't even thought twice about it, Daniel. That was just something, <laughs> I mean, that was a natural thing for me to do. This is my brother. Yeah. You know, we're family. We're friends, you know. Um, and it's and I thought this was just something that uh, I would just do for for that reason. And I never knew that there were going to be this huge, huge icon of a group and really set the stage for the next generation of musicians that were coming through, it's uh, it'll it'll blow you away. But when I read that little blurb that he he mm. said I was the one time in his credits he said the inspiration for his occupation. Wow, yeah, and I, that was real humbling. But uh, it's it's a God thing. It, I still can't take credit. I thank God that he used me and I was available. And that's basically it. And I tease you all the time about Linda Tate Randall because I think that may be why Bill does it is because I love telling people who aren't into the Gaither thing, but they're into the contemporary scene and they yes. know Michael Tate. Yes. And once I once I say, okay, that's Linda and that's that's Michael's sister Linda, it clicks. You just see uh, they, yes. they can see the resemblance. They ever just it comes together. Yes. Uh, your other brothers and sisters, um, do you all look alike? Like you and Michael look alike? No, Mike and I are like two peas in a pod in every which way. I mean, we are like the the best of friends, but it's so funny. We're so close. We know the buttons to push to just totally turn mm. like us upside down. Yeah. Like it's like a twin. Yeah. Like I know what gets your goat. He knows what gets my goat. But uh, but I'm I'm close with my sisters and brothers. Um, uh, but I have a brother that's in prison, Nathal, who doesn't really look like anybody much. <laughs> um, and uh, but he 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 sings in his own way. I mean, he never pursued it, pursued it. But out of the uh, let's see. The seven of us, uh, five were musically inclined. I have a sister who is in ministry now, and mm-hmm. I tease her because she thinks she sings. And Anne, if you're listening, bless your heart, baby. <laughs> you just keep on teaching and preaching the word. <laughs> but but uh, but Mike and I are the we are the, the the twin factors here. So we are. We look a lot. I got them by four years though, and and people are amazed. They come to the Gaither concerts and they'll go. Some of them know of these. Songs. They go. If they don't know now, but it was years ago, you know, they, it was just new, and they were like, "You look like this guy, Michael Tate." I mean, you, you're in any relation, and I would just tease for a second. I go, "No, yeah. not at all." Yeah. And and they go, "Wow, you, if you, man, you should." And I would say, "Okay, yeah, yeah, that's my little brother." So I had fun with that for a minute, but it's pretty common knowledge now that we're related. Yeah. 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 Well, you went from a, a brother named Michael to a husband named Michael. We've already talked about how you guys met, but uh, tell me a little bit more about his ministry and how you uh, ministered together. Oh, yeah. I am. You know what, Daniel? This is not a hype. My husband isn't paying me to say this. As a matter of fact, he's nowhere near as around. 
but I am blessed among women. I am I have been blessed with the most amazing husband. Now, does that mean we don't we always see eye to eye? No, that we always get along? No. <laughs> but he is the covering that God has provided for me and our girls, patience and joy. Godly man, loves the Lord with all his heart, and even he knows this when he gets on the wrong track, it's not long before the Holy Spirit slaps him in the face and says says to him, hey, you know what, that was wrong, you need to do this, you need to do that, and I'm the same way, but as a husband, some men are just, I'm never going to apologize, I'm not going to say it, you know, yeah. he's, he, he's, he's good about it, he's a youth pastor, first he's an architect by trade, the degree he graduated from KU, mm-hmm. um, with a degree in architecture, uh, architecture, but anyways, he has been a youth pastor for nearly as long as I've been in ministry, 25 years this year, both of us together celebrating 50 years in ministry. And um, so he's a youth pastor. He's more of the executive youth pastor now because he's on the road quite a bit with us managing all of this. But this past cruise that we did with Gaither, he and I got to do devotions together for two mornings. And that was incredible, sitting side by side on stage. He would give the deeper stuff. I would tell some of the things that were uh, deep to me, you know, he would be more yeah. theological, whatever, but yeah. I'm telling from more of my experiences and, and different things. And we just flow so well together. We have lots of fun. Uh, I still laugh with him. We're going on 17 years, November 18th, uh, here to uh, 2006. And it's a blessing. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just blessed. So that's pretty much, uh, he's a writer and, uh, he preaches like you would not believe. I mean, just an incredible, um, anointed man of God, and when I'm I'm on the edge of my seat when he's speaking, I'm married to him. <laughs> but he 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 still pulls me out on the edge, and I'm I'm like, what next? What now? And I'm anticipating, you know. Yeah, he's 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 amazing, absolutely. So, but he's human. So, yeah. And oh, you mentioned the cruise ship. Was that the Caribbean cruise that Anthony? Well, no, actually, no. Uh, it was the um, Michael did it. I think he, I don't know if he did a devotion on that cruise or not. But on the Alaskan cruise um, okay. here recently, but uh, uh, yeah, so but he was very um, got used some big time in Anthony's home going as well to mm-hmm. just kind of the pastor on call that night. A lot of people were ministering back and forth, um, and Michael uh, stayed up there in one of the rooms till two, three, four in the morning for anyone who wanted to come in for prayer and just talk because it was such a shock to everyone, and still you you still don't believe it, but. Uh, but God used him. He just availed himself and, and just a pastor's heart. And Bill, Bill loved me. He came on our bus the other day for, uh, we were doing something for another video. And he said, now this is, he said, this is a good man, Linda. He said, a good man is hard to find. And I said, you got that right. I said, a good man is hard to find. And I said, I got the most gorgeous chocolate man alive right here. So, but, uh, yeah, he's, he is, he's a blessing. And, uh, I'm, I'm just a privilege to, to be married to Mike Randall. And you've got two gorgeous girls too. You got to tell me about, uh, yeah. is patience and joy. Yeah. Right? Patience and joy. Patience is, uh, 15, uh, we'll be 16 here pretty soon and all excited about that. Mm-hmm. And she is just, uh, just a, a, a delight. I, People, I know anybody listening to this say, Linda, would you stop hyping everything? I'm, I'm not kidding. I've looked at them, you know, just all throughout the year and, and certain days I'll say, who is your mama? Because I don't deserve y'all. And that's the truth. They are just wonderful girls. Yeah, they do the typical sister thing from time to time. You know, they're six years apart. Joy is nine. Mm-hmm. 
and uh but but it's they they have a great relationship and and patients and I talk and we talk about pretty much everything uh you know even things that maybe you don't want to hear I try not to act surprised when she's sharing things because I want to create a safe place for her to communicate and for joy and we 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 date each other and we we hang out and uh you know God has just been so good it just just overwhelms me uh Daniel and I'm just so blessed. I'm just blessed. And so I'm just privileged. And that's all. I don't mean to get emotional, but I'm just grateful. Um, all I ever wanted was to be a wife and a mom. And I remember yeah. when I gave birth to Pay, um, uh, 1991 and I called dad and she was born and, and, and my nickname was Chubb. And he yeah. said to me on the phone, he said, Chubb, baby, you finally got you a real baby, you know, <laughs> because I was so into my dolls and yeah. wanting to have kids and all of that. And so I tell all the people as I tour, I said, hey, I love you guys and I appreciate the love that I feel from you, but you are not worth me losing my family over, mm-hmm. meaning I I bring them out and we hang out together because mm-hmm. if I had to travel and tour full time by myself, mm-hmm. It wouldn't be happening, like not on this scale. I would do a couple dates here and there because right now this is the most important agenda I have is as a, a wife and a mother, and it's a high calling, the highest calling that a woman could have. And so I, I'm i just honored. Um, I'm just honored to be their caretaker um, for the time that um, God's given us here to be on this uh, this earth. They are, they are, they are a delight, uh, an encouragement, and joy is just Joy is a joy, and uh, yeah. she is very on the more of the creative side too. And Patience is more of a writer. As a matter of fact, Gloria Gaither just asked her to start writing something in in line in regards to the teen section um, for the Homecoming magazine. Oh, good, yeah. And uh, Patience is um, she's really good. So I'm blessed. So don't give me talk about my family. <laughs> I'll be crying all over you. Like, okay, we gotta go now. But uh, they they are a blessing. And, and you do bring them out on the road. You, uh, mm-hmm. you and Michael travel and with with the kids on the bus yes, most of the time. Yes, we have our nanny that's out with us. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, we are in um, an interim stage right now with the different employees. We're kind of interviewing some different folks, but we've got a, a good team of people around us. God has been faithful, and uh, it works. As a matter of fact, I told them uh, probably about um, probably maybe five six months ago. I said, hey. What do you think about mom um, taking fewer dates and just kind of hanging here and I could, you know, cook more and do those things? And they're like, mom, this is all we know. <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you can't, you know, but I don't book us crazy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, we, we've got downtime and, and people always want to say, oh, you're really busy. You're traveling. I go, but I think it's a good busy now. I think it's pretty healthy. Yeah. A healthy Jesus busy, if I can say that, yeah. um, because we don't do everything that comes across. Uh, the table or the the email or the phone call. So, um, but yeah, they and they go to. We went to South Africa together, and we do Europe in the summer, and um, so it's it's been a blessing. Well, let's talk about the pre nineteen nineties. And I, and we'll we'll get to the meeting you had with Gloria in eighty nine. But okay. but prior to that, um, tell me about your music ministry and when did it start? What 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 time frame were we talking about? And then up through the the eighties, what were you doing? Okay. Well, I officially, 1981, for me, pretty much was the, the time I went into, quote-unquote, full-time music ministry, wherein I sung for two years, and I never had asked for a dime. I didn't even know anything about, you know, you need finances to do this kind of thing, too. 
But I would just sing and sing and sing. And one, I never forget, there was a church in Virginia I was singing at, had sung at before. And one morning, the pastor decided to take up an offering. I was like, great, okay, this is cool. Well, from that point on, with the exception of a couple of Sundays, people just followed that protocol. They would just give an offering, a donation. And so I was able to, um, you know, I actually got put through school by Dr. Falwell. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jerry Falwell, hate him or love him. That's not the point. The point is God used him, uh, put me through college. But at the same time, um, I was ministering on the weekends and in between the studies that I was serious about. Uh, uh, this afforded me an opportunity. I didn't have to do the regular job, job thing. But I would go out on the weekends and sing. And it started, Daniel, somebody would just say after singing on Dr. Hall's program or singing there at the college campus, oh, my dad's a pastor in Florida or my dad's a pastor over here, you know, in, in, in Maryland and it's close to him. You know, would you come sing? And so that begin to birth this music ministry. But I kind of got off off kilter a little bit when it first started. It was it was more about me. It was more about the money. It wasn't about Christ like it should have been. I, I didn't have the right perspective. But the Lord got a hold of my heart through a college roommate, set me down and told me, Linda, you are as cocky and as prideful as I've ever seen. You're so stuck on yourself. And she, her name was Joyce. I can't think of Joyce's last name now, but I will never forget this young lady. It has never been the same, Daniel, since that conversation. Um, I just completely realized that this is a gift from the Lord and that I'm just the vessel that he's choosing to use. And so it's no big deal anymore. As a matter of fact, a, a guy, you know, a while back came up to my table and said, you must thank God six or seven times a day for your voice. And I thought, I don't really thank him at all. It's sad because I don't even think about it anymore. I don't think, oh, I'm the singer and I just kind of like it's breathing. I just walk into it, and it and it happens. So I'm not stuck on that, and I'm I'm humbled by all of the things that are going on. And so God just began to birth things back then for me in ministry, and so it's taken on another whole lifespan now. Um, and then of course, meeting Glory in '89 uh, at a women's conference in Arizona. Uh, Bill says Kansas City, and that's fine, <laughs> but in Arizona, uh, it was Patsy Claremont and Gloria Gaither, and mm. I was this a kid going up there on an airplane and thinking, what am I doing singing in between these two powerful women? I mean, what's wrong with this picture? Literally, I thought that on the plane. I had a friend that went up with me, and, and for a minute, I thought about putting on, like, I'll just pretend, you know, uh, to be as sophisticated or as as, as intelligible, you know, but the Holy Spirit immediately said, Linda, you just go and you be the Linda that I created you to be. I was Linda Tate at the time for just about a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got married right soon after that. But uh, uh, so I just went and I was the happy, go blessed, jovial, talkative personality that I am. And uh, Gloria said from the stage that they, I love you and I want to take you home with me. And I thought, Psh, I'm not going to be so gullible. She probably tells it to everybody and so be it. And I will never forget going to the airport. She told me, she gave me her card. She goes, you just keep your nose clean. God has got blah, blah, blah. I mean, just spoke this amazing word over me, such as George Johnson did a few years later, actually. Mm. Just powerful. And I told Gloria, I said, you know, Gloria, I appreciate you saying that about keeping my nose clean. And I said to her, I'm going to keep it clean, number one, because God said so. I said, number two, because my parents taught me so. And I said, I can understand now with you guys, you're making these investments in me and all, and and um, and for me, I and I will I will do my best 
to walk uh, upright before the Lord and that. And so it was really cool because um, she went back and told Bill, but Bill didn't seem to get the message for a few years. <laughs> I met him and he said, oh, honey, you're good. I'm going to use it. I said, Bill, I said, don't feel obligated. And, you know, it's no big deal. And, and sure enough, uh, he has told me a few times and different folks, I am so thankful that I listened to Gloria in um, allowing uh, and bringing Linda in as part of the, this, this team. And uh, it's just been a, it's just been an amazing journey. Um, it's just, that's all I can say. It's just coming in, they're doing an album, um, 93, and Gloria, I just came in with some monies that a sister gave me um, here in town, Jeannie Tucker. Mm-hmm. Bill says, if you ever come to Indianapolis uh, or Indiana, I'll give you a deal. You can't refuse. Well, I have any money to go anywhere. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I, I show up years later, and uh, we do this four-song project. By the time I got home, Gloria Gaither calls and says, hey, I want to finish this from my pocket. I want to pay for this project to be finished. A ten-song project, and that's the one that Babby Mason and I co-wrote yeah. five songs on. It's the Away Through project, and then from that, Bill says, "Hey, come hang out with us at a videotaping, and I want you to sing." And the first year, he didn't get to it, and he came back and he apologized. And I said, "It's okay, Bill." I said, "I was just humbled and honored to be in the room. I cried most of the time." <laughs> so the next year, I came back, you know, uh, from his invite, and I said, "I'm not gonna have anything prepared because just." Just because I don't want to sit there nervous for three days, and I, I'll just relax. Hmm. Saw my name on a sheet of paper getting ready to go to lunch. I said, Jaron Davis, uh, who is an amazing musician, uh, I said, you know what? I think Bill might call me, and that's where One Day Jesus yeah. came from. I had no idea. So all of this, and I know you're going to break this up on your program. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm just going to give you the spiel. But but from that to the guy on the mountain, to this is where we are today. It's unbelievable, Daniel, what God has done. Tell me a little bit more about One Day Jesus. Did you you obviously knew that song ahead of time, right? Well, I knew it ahead of time. I had sung it for years with my little product uh, soundtrack I had, uh, and I would sing it, and so many people would get blessed. But I, I told Jaron, I said, "Well, if he calls, because it just came. It, I wasn't even planning anything. Yeah. Because if you know anything about the tapings, you sit there and you don't know when Bill's going to call you." You, you try to stay poised. You try to powder your face. You, you know, make sure your lips are not dry for ladies. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of this thing. You want to look great when you get on, but you you want to be a blessing, but you don't want to look crazy and all sweaty. And so I was like, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. But when I saw my name on the sheet of paper next to the last person who would sing that night, mm-hmm. I said, Jaron, I think Bill is planning on calling me, and I wasn't even sure. I just saw the name, so. That had to be the Holy Spirit because I pulled Jaron aside. The piano that we used was turned, show you how awesome Jaron is. The piano was turned toward the wall with the covering over it, mm-hmm. pulls it back a little bit. And I said, well, Jaron, if he calls me, I'm going to go. This song is, I said, one day Jesus will call my name as days go by. I hope I don't stay the same. I want to get so close to him. I don't even know if I finished the song, Daniel. Mm-hmm. He had it just down. Like, okay, great. So sure enough, I sat there. We're going on. All of a sudden, Bill said, Linda Randall, I said, oh, no, he's calling me. I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I could not believe it. So I get there, and all of a sudden, Jaron starts on the piano, and you won't believe this. He starts on the piano. Then the whole band chimes in like, yeah. This is the most amazing track in my ear. Like, 
where and when did this happen? I was not used to musicians just putting it out like that, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, I start to sing, and the tracks, and everybody filled in, and and Bill leaped off of that floor. I don't know to this day. I don't know how many inches up. He just went nuts. Like, where did you get that song? And just, I was like, and for a long time, he thought I wrote it. <laughs> and he would introduce me as, you know, this muscle. And I was like, no, Phil McCube, Phil McCube, you know. Yeah. But he was so ecstatic. And I can look at that video today or listen to that particular song on the Timeless Project, and it brings tears and goosebumps and everything. It's just a reminder of those beginnings and all of the emotions that went into it and the prayers. But it was a moment that I will never ever forget as long as I live. Tell me about Dr. Tony Evans and your work with him. Oh, he's a big brother in the Lord. I've got a few of those, but I started having the privilege of hanging out with Dr. Tony Evans years ago in the D.C. area. He would come and do some of the reconciliation conferences, and I would just be called to sing. And then, of course, being here in Kansas City, one of the churches that I went to, a very prominent black pastor here, Pastor Charles Briscoe, where my husband and I attended for eight years, uh, Paseo Baptist Church would have him in and they would have me sing and God began to just kind of allow me to do some things with him and just be a part of that ministry and and uh, you know even when I go to Dallas anytime I can call and say hey I'm coming through uh, you know <laughs> can you um, you know would you like us to share oh no problem open door just a great brother and he's passionate very passionate about um, uh, ministry and about reconciliation, and and I think that's something that just totally ties me in. And he did a blurb for me um, on paper and also a video years ago. He gave a a good recommendation to those people that were interested in our ministry and supporting us. Uh, So I I love Dr. Tony Evans and his wife, Lois, and I sang it to Priscilla, uh, one of his daughter's um, wedding receptions, and just uh, just good folk, just, just solid people. Well, you were talking uh, a little while back about, um, uh, and you just mentioned reconciliation, and you were talking about uh, how you wanted to get real and have this real conversation. And I know when when I'm talking with you, I don't have to dance around because you you state the obvious. Yes. You're a black singer. Yes. And you're right now in the Gaither sense. It's kind of a kind of a white world there. You know, white. Bill calls it white gospel music versus yeah, yeah, black gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know you've called them, I think, what your vanilla parents are. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> well, and, and you were talking about how the church and the black churches, they would, they would respond to you. I, I played in Tacoa, Georgia for the oldest black Baptist church there for a while. And that yeah. was fun traveling, doing the different, uh, where the choirs would go to different churches. Yeah. And, and here I am, their blue eyed soul brother, they called me, you know. <laughs> but I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, how has it been? You got you you got Linda Randall and Jesse Dixon, and yes. uh, and you're there uh, in this environment. Is that was it new for you to to be singing for? Um, I don't want to say uh, a different that audience, means, but you know, I guess I guess they respond differently. Well, yeah, you know what? I I could tell you stories, Daniel, for radio or for not, but <laughs> I I got a letter from a guy who had only known us the N word that had only yeah. referred to us as such. Yeah. He said after hearing me sing, I mean, the guy came to the concert, hugged my neck. I've been the first one some of these people have ever touched. I'm not even, I'm not even, even today. Yes, we're talking today. Yeah. And I know that there are some of these 
beautiful, not all the Southern older white women feel this way, but I know there are some that if I were, you know, uh, somebody on the street, so to speak, or, you know, maybe to live down the street, that they would not be as cordial if I was not um, gifted in this way, being able to communicate in such a way. Uh, I don't know if they, they would be my friend, so to speak, or would love me like they say they love me. Uh, that's getting very, very real. We had a discussion yesterday at dinner with a uh, uh, young lady we were talking about hiring, and uh, she's a white woman married to a black guy, and mm-hmm. and who, who cares? I mean, right. but there are people who are really, really, really hung up on on that and has nothing to do with kingdom agenda, nothing yeah. to do with kingdom building. And it's sad that in today's time, we're in the 21st century that people still don't get it. And, I, you know, there's so many things I'm thinking about, like, God, should we go into conferences? I mean, God's been opening up doors for me to speak more, Daniel. Um, you know, and that's something I totally enjoy. Believe it or not, even more so, singing's great. He uses it. But I never saw myself as a singer. Hmm. Never afraid to sing. Uh, I'm thankful for it. It's definitely a tool God's using, and it's something that he will continue to use. But I'm passionate about speaking and encouraging the body of Christ not just racial reconciliation, just other things, women's issues and things that they deal with and, and, and broken um, uh, women, uh, women from the street. And I had a sister strung out on crack for many, many years and just, you know, things, seeing her work in a shelter and live in a shelter and all those. So I'm passionate about so many things. But but this thing, uh, the Gaither Tour, it's great. I mean, Jesse and I, you know, when we come together for other videos, you know, there are other black folks that are there as well mm-hmm. um, from time to time, but we're the ones that actually go out on the road. And you don't think really much about it. But the other night, I'm not kidding, I told God, I said, God, we got to mix this thing up a little bit. Uh, we uh, tease about getting our kids together. You know, he's got seven boys. Yeah. I've got two girls, and so there's two wives for them right there, you know. <laughs> so we, we, we tease about that all the time. But Jesse wasn't there at one of the dates. Um, uh, there have been some different things going on. And uh, just making some adjustments in the schedule, and and so I was there on stage, and it and it hit me that, and I'm I don't know if I like this or not, you know, not I mean I'm just thinking I would be cool, but it's not. And as Bill is, he loves this, all is great. It's not my concert, it's not my thing, but but like we have a young lady, she's getting ready to resign, but and it's it's all good. But uh, she's of Asian descent, cat. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have black folks and white folks and people in between that work with us. I purposely, you know, I don't profile per se, but I, I do want a diverse body um, because I want to represent a diverse world and sure. what we're trying to do. And and so I'm intentional, Daniel. You have to be intentional about this thing. If we just let things go as they are, Sunday morning will still be the most segregated time that there is. Yeah. Sure, there are people who choose to worship in certain churches because maybe the music, they like the music better or or this is better, but but I would venture to say, stepping out a little bit, that it's still that, you know, if if, if black folks come in here, we're going to have to adjust some things, and I'm not willing to adjust, or if white folks come in here, I'm going to have to make some changes, I'm not willing to make changes. It's like being married. Hmm. There are things I was doing as a single woman long before I even met my husband, but I had to make adjustments once I got married. And if you love somebody and you care enough for somebody, you're willing to, love does that. But we're not willing to lay down like that, uh, Daniel, and it burdens my heart. Uh, I don't know what you'll see me involved in what the next year. I mean, you know, <laughs> in terms of this, but you can hear the the passion at the same time, the cry. Uh, just it's it's time to it's t- 
time to really make a difference. And I'm not trying to be the little black girl on stage that uh, people refer to as the little black gaither girl. No, I want you to see Christ, but I also want you to see that I'm part of this bridge Mm -hmm. that everybody needs to, at some point in their life, they need to take a journey across to see what's on the other side. Aren't you just sick of being in the same circles all the time, the same people? You know, it's, it's, it's the same folk. Live a little bit. Go to other countries. See how other people live. You know, even other black folks live and other white folks live. You know, other folks in between, you know. So I'm part Cherokee. I'm 16% Native American. Mm. And I could actually have gone to college on, on a scholarship. You know, I've learned that after the fact. But, but still, we're, we are, we're mixed. I'm not just some black kid singing here on the Gator stage. We have a diverse culture, a diverse, um, history and background. And so I, you know, I just I just want people to get it. Yes, the main point is Christ. The ministry, as Tony Evans says, it's, it's, it's Jesus first, of course, always. You want them to see Christ. But at the, the backside of that is, yes, this is a black woman. Mike is a black man, which is And we want to see that uh, body become a little bit more diverse and, and a good tolerant. I don't mean just tolerating anything, but, but some of us are not willing, Daniel, to do that. So I'm very, very passionate uh, about... Uh, racial reconciliation and 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 not just having like I said earlier those special services where we get together and and we tolerate the music for 30 minutes or yeah. an hour or the preacher for being a black church most times is a little longer <laughs> um, but but we, we do that for one or two Sundays a year and okay we go back and it's almost you know I don't know I don't even know the answer but I know that I want God to use me to be a conduit in this in this thing and, and, a, and, a, and a bridge. I love the story that uh, the editor of Charisma magazine told uh, early, I think it was earlier this year, an editorial that he wrote. He's a white guy. Mm-hmm. Name is Grady. Last name is Grady. He yeah. told the story. I think he was in a different city, a different town, and he needed a haircut. Yeah. And he saw a signed barbershop. So he went to the door. And as soon as he opened the door, he realized it was a hair salon and barbershop, but it was filled with black people. Yeah. And his first thought was, okay, I've, this is not where I normally go. I need to turn away and shut the door and go find some other place. But right. then he thought, no, if I do that, they're going to think I'm just another white honky, and, you know, doing the <laughs> typical thing. He said, you know, I'm just going to go in and sit down. So he went and sat down. They called him up, and he said it turned out to be the most delightful time. They shared prayer requests. They got to talking. It was a big community. And he loved learning about the the culture that he was Maybe just oblivious to. Yes. I love that story, and I think that I we find that uh, when we when we talk to you and see how you've come into the Gaither side. Now, back in the black community, do they treat you any differently now that you have? Oh, not. A, you know what's really cool? I mean, I will not name names of this, but there are some black singers. When you get hooked up in some white circles, black folks for some reason tend to disown you. Not all of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna cookie cut or. But but that's typically the way. Well, she runs with them, or she runs with you know. But I have been blessed. Um, I sang at the Gospel Music Workshop of America, which is you know predominantly black mm-hmm. deal here a couple of years ago in Kansas City, and and not received very well. Some of the artists were just a little bit funky because they I know if it's territorial or what it is. But um, I'm one of those free spirited people that. It doesn't matter to me that you're a big name or you don't know your name. I'm like, we're in this together, and I'm not going to hype anything that 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 I'm consciously aware of. And um, 
So, uh, but I've been blessed because I still, I'm invited in black circles and things. And sure, I'm seeing a lot of mixed circles now and predominantly white circles at this immediate time. And I have a strong ministry. And I'll tell you something about this. I thought, well, God, you know, what, you know, why am I in these churches? Why am I, you know, literally. And, and the Lord was like, you know, some of these people have never donned their doors, opened their doors to the, to the black community as such. Or some of these people, want to know how to have black folks in, but they, they don't have the first clue. And, and you might have to be, so to speak, the guinea pig. You mm-hmm. might have to be the pioneer. You know, whatever it takes, I'm going to use you to really reconciliate the hearts of men and, and, and women. And I believe God's going to use that thing all over, literally all over this world. I believe that in my spirit deeply. Um, but I've not been, um, I've not been mistreated. Um, because you're with, you know, I've actually been highly respected. Just the opposite. We have black mm-hmm. folks that come out to the concerts, um, some of the gay three events, and some areas are a little more high populated uh, by the black audience than others. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they find my table, it's just this passion, like, wow, great. And I was like, well, have more of us come out, so to speak, you know, <laughs> to invite sure. your friends, you know, because we want to mix this thing up a little bit. But yeah. uh, it's uh, it's pretty uh, it's pretty amazing. I, I feel blessed to be. I feel like I'm right in the middle because another thing vocally, I thought, well, I don't sing really white. I don't sing really black. And if you can use those terms, you know, mm-hmm. how you get in your mind stereotypically what a black person sounds like. And then you think stereotypically what a white person sounds like. I used to complain because I'm going, I'm not your Sandy Patty and I'm not your C.C. Whining. <laughs> like, what is up with that? Yeah, yeah. But God put me somewhere there in the middle. And now it's becoming more and more clear than ever before. There's a reason why when the black folks and white folks receive your music is because you're a bridge builder. Mm-hmm. You know, you you are you are my uh, peacemaker, and I and I'm putting you right here for a reason. So so I no longer ask that question. You know, I I don't no longer ask it. I just have this kind of interesting, unique voice, and it's God's gift, and I keep giving it back, and and He uses it as He sees fit. Uh, did you know of Jesse Dixon before you got to work with him? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I knew of him, heard of him. He used to have a television program, I believe, out in uh, Florida uh, and had various artists and people singing on it. But, yeah, I, I've known because Jesse's been out quite a while, yeah. quite a long time. So, yes, I definitely knew of him, and he's a wonderful brother, absolutely. It's a delight to be on tour with him as well. And correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just, I just sort of thought of this. I think it was in Colorado at one of those videos you did at Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I, I could be all wrong on this, but I wanted to say that Alicia Williamson and Mabby Mason and Linda yeah. Randall did a did a number. That's uh, right, we did. It's called "Wake Up in Glory." Yeah, tell yep. tell. Listen, if 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 I could have played Bill Gaither, I would have picked those three. Those are my favorites. Uh, the three of you. Uh, <laughs> it, that was just such a great song and a great number. And I was thinking. Gosh, I, I'm I'm glad they're singing. I'm glad I get this on tape and I can replay it and replay it. And we're going to feature yeah. that song, okay? Uh, so set it up for me. Tell me uh, how. Yeah, wake up in glory. Uh, Bill just decided to put us three on there. Babby, Alicia, myself. As a matter of fact, we did a pre-interview and we were teasing because you know how white folks sometimes think we all look alike, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so when we did the pre-interview, um, before we sang, we said, hi, I'm Linda Randall and I'm not Babby Mason. And Baby Mason says, hi, I'm Baby Mason, and I'm not Alicia. And Alicia's hot, you know. So so we kind of teased about that for a minute, you know, and then we were learning our parts. And I'm not a big part person um, because I've sung solo for so long, and I don't, never studied music really at all. I failed the only music class I took in college. 
And um, but so so learning her parts and everything, and then Bill calls us to sing, and it was phenomenal. Actually, Jesse came up and did some ad lib on that as well. Yeah. But I've had people ask me, is that on the CD? I don't know. Bill didn't put it on the um the CD of the DVD because people when that was aired, they were like, is that song on tape? Is it on CD? You know, I was like, no, it's just on the DVD, mm-hmm. and there's no track or yada 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 whatever uh, per se. But uh, it was. An amazing moment. It was just, it was, it was great. Like sisters singing together. I mean, it was, it was awesome. And I love Babby and Alicia. Babby's been my mentor for many, many, many years. I said, Babby, if I ever want anything in the songwriting area, anything outside of Christ, my mama for bringing me in this world and my wonderful family, husband and kids, I would say, shout out to, shout out to Babby for her inspiring, inspiring. Uh, songs that she's written and encouraged me when I first started writing. I went down to her place for a couple of weeks and she just helped me and encouraged me. So yeah, and I'm trying to get back at that a little bit more too, Daniel. That's another whole story of what we're working on um, for some things coming up. But but Babby, love her to pieces, and Alicia's a, a sweet sister. Have you ever been a part of Babby's music conference? She does. You know what? As a matter of fact, Charles Mason, he just invited me down there yeah. for the next year, and I think we're booked. Good. But I, I went one year, probably five years ago. It's unbelievable. I tell everybody, the Rockies, that's a great conference. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. But if you want, for me, a more intimate, one-on-one, kind of that ministry and not so much as the industry side of things, I think Babby's conference, hand down, hands down, is uh, is the place. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've taught their radio thing and and it was great. You could just you know questions just came and came. We had time to answer them all, and it was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, you'd be a good teacher, Daniel. And I, I'll, I'll tease you about this. Also, when I first met you, I'm going, you you've got to be in radio. You have the you have an incredible <laughs> radio voice. Well, it's incredible. Thank you. Listen, let's talk about your personality because that's one thing that sticks with people. If uh, even even if you weren't a good singer, and and that's what people normally hear first, I think is your are your songs. Mm-hmm. But then when they meet you at the table, I don't know how you do it because you meet so many. But you e- either have a good way of, of faking it <laughs> that, that, you, that you've known them all their lives or you really do. Re- and I think I think it's the latter because you remember names so yeah. well and faces. How do you do it? You know what? My dad, let me say my dad's with the Lord uh, since 98. Just bless. I love Nathan Tate. Just a great guy. But he just had a memory that you would not believe. He could tell you stories like in 1945, I was in such and such a place and it was so cold. When the time he said, I, you know, he said, I had this, he said, I spit, my spit hit the ground. It was turned to ice. I mean, just details that the weather was this and it was about this. My dad was really, he had just a great memory and they, he and my mom are people, people. My mom is great, but dad even more so. I mean, he never, ever met a stranger. And I mean that. I mean, never. So I, my brother, we just, we're, we're this, we just meet people. We love, I love people. And there are people that I've met on the Gator tour that are good friends. And I mean, really, they, they call the office when I have an opportunity to talk with them or share with them or pray with them. I'm serious about folks. Um, Met a sweet couple, uh, I want to say Brenda and Frank, if I'm not mistaken. I just met them in May of this year. Mm-hmm. Gatlinburg, they told me about their precious um, granddaughter that was killed in the car wreck, age nine, and just broke mm-hmm. my heart. And I got to meet her mom, um, just uh, this little girl's mom, just a few weeks back in uh, Canada. 
blew me away. I mean, the stories, and they sent me pictures of the little girl playing soccer, and I, I think I have a nine-year-old. I mean, it's just re- people are real, Daniel. I don't want to pretend with folks. Um, sure, you get people at your table that that sometimes some sometimes people get. I don't know if the word is obnoxious or a little bit over the top. I don't even know. I have not met a lot of them, mm-hmm. but you get kind of interesting, sometimes strange folks <laughs> at your table, so to speak. And there's still a casual, coy way of even ministering or dealing with that situation. But for the most part, 99% of the people I think that come to that table, just they know you from TV. And what blesses me is people say, well, when I saw you on television, I knew that when I met you, you would be this way. That blesses me because what yeah. they're saying is real comes across, and I just try to live real. I mean, this is just who I am. I'm like, I'm very transparent. So if I try to hype it, or if I try to pretend or fake it, you would know it because I'm that real. <laughs> you know, so so I love people. I mean, the, people come and they have burdens, and you know, we got a, a great couple that just sent us a letter about um, we Mike and I prayed with her and her husband. Well, I prayed with her and her husband. Uh, a while back, and he had leukemia. I'm not saying I have the gift of healing. No, I'm not saying it at all. But God used that. They're both walking in great health now. Leukemia is gone. Her situation is all taken care of. She she sends me a card to thank me, but the card itself that she sent me, Daniel, was talking about waiting on the Lord. It was something that was pre-written on the card about waiting in God's timing and seasons. Well, when the card came, what ministered to me um, first was the actual reading on the card because I was at a place where we were making decisions and I was like, wow, this is great. And then to open it and hear the story of how they were walking in health and God had healed their bodies. Thank you. I was just probably one of many who prayed for them. And uh, so when I got to see them again, I go, oh, but your card blessed me. Just, so, it, so it's just real. I mean, I remember folks for the most part. I don't know. I'm just. Because I don't see them as numbers. I don't just see, well, they just came to buy my CD and thank you very much. I really hear hearts. I hear stories. Now, I'm not going to lie. It's getting a little harder because there are more and more people coming to the table. (laughs) You know, so it's more and more people are like, oh, Lord, I hope I can keep coming out. I I would not like to see the day where I just cannot show up at my table because it's overwhelming. I'll tell you this. We did an event in Gatlinburg. A couple of weeks ago, uh, the the Jubilee Conference. Yes, yes. And that thing was probably like six thousand people. I mean, besides selling out a product, I mean, we didn't even we weren't even prepared. I mean, we brought normally <laughs> what we bring, and God blesses ourselves is great. People were around that table like I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, our table's blessed, is busy. There was so many stories. So many. I was like, wow, and I thought, okay, I'm going to do this intermission. I'm going to go back in. I'm going to listen to such and such. We never got to look. Up, basically it was just unreal and God's been growing and growing and growing that that ministry of being able to get a CD to someone or the book to somebody it's been pretty powerful and uh, I just hope that it you know the day doesn't come I mean like I can come to my table because I I can't come to my table because I, I want I just want to stay in touch with people but uh, there's sometimes you just, you just can't because people are they're kind, but they sometimes they're not forgiving. Yeah, yeah. You know, they want what they want, and they'll yeah. tear at you, yeah. tear at that. You know, and and uh, yeah. So it's it's um, and and not at all bragging about this, but I had to like when even with the cruise, I had to be guarded and protected. And I don't need, I don't want bodyguards. Mm-hmm. But but people are everywhere, and they are so blessed. Um, you know, you're you're eating and sitting and 
doing what you do with your family and and they tap you. I don't mean to bother, but and they come in and then you get that nonstop. You can't just go eat a meal, mm-hmm. um, and that's not a complaint. That's reality. So I have to get myself prepared spiritually and physically. Sometimes when I even do the cruises now because it's it is I can say that's overwhelming. I mean it's in in between fourteen concerts, yeah, and then doing yeah. devotions. Uh, yeah. Wow, I'm just one little person, you know. <laughs> So, so it's it's pretty. You got to do a cruise sometimes, and you'll see what I mean. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But well, I love people, Danny. That that's my. I say that if I have a downfall, that is it, because yeah. uh, everybody has a story, and everybody everybody's important, sure. and I want them to feel that way when they come to my table. If you've got to wait a little bit, your turn's coming, and uh, somebody's going to be waiting for you. So. Uh, yeah, so that's how that works. Well, you and Mike certainly made an impression on me. When we, uh, I worked with you in Gatlinburg one year, and we went mm-hmm. to dinner after lunch afterwards there yeah. in Gatlinburg, and it you know it was just it was just Linda, and it was just uh, I mean it was you are who you are on yeah. stage and off stage, and yeah. that's uh, that's a great compliment. Well, thank you, Daniel. Um, Liberty University. I talked to Mark Lowry a few weeks ago, and we were just talking about the different uh, personalities that have come through Liberty, and mm-hmm. I think the story goes that. Um, uh, to make money on the side, because you were into cosmetology, you were yes. cutting hair, and one of the, one of, well, maybe more surprising than anything, was you were cutting Guy Penrod's hair. Didn't know anybody <laughs> cut his hair, but <laughs> you know what he teases? He says, "Yeah, she cut my hair in college, but I hadn't had it cut since." <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I was, yeah, Guy was one of my uh, regular uh, clients, <laughs> and what was so funny, uh, we'd have this little place. I even forget what it was called. It was like we had a little game area in the bottom of a dorm and there was a little hole right there on the, on the side of the building inside the building where you know i just kind of pull out a chair and i take a towel and mm-hmm. wet the hair and do the do mm-hmm. and uh one day i was just cutting and guy and i we were just talking and all of a sudden i saw a little blood trickling down the side of this <laughs> ear i had clipped you know right at that meaty part at the top of your ear yeah. right in that little crease i was cutting because you know back then that's when they had the 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 LBC, the Liberty Baptist College or Liberty University, that real serious short cut. Yes. And uh, so I was cutting so close to like mm. the sideburn area right behind the ear. And I was just talking. I said, God, it's blood. And he was so cool. He was like, oh, I'll just wipe it and keep cutting. So he <laughs> he trusted me to do his hair. And it just like, I don't even, and I, I even, I know I've lost the touch. I don't even do it anymore. So who knows what it would look like today. I will tell you this. I was cutting my husband's hair a few years ago. And I had done it. This was my second time. This was with the um, the clippers, and you're just going and shaving. And he fell asleep. I'm not going to lie, Dan. He fell asleep, and he nodded. He woke up. There were holes all over his head. <laughs> <laughs> there were holes all over his head. He was a high school teacher at the time. This is like probably 10 years ago, whatever. And he called in to the school and told him that he would not be coming in today. His head, his hair looked, his head and hair looked so bad. He went to the real barber and had it completely shaved off. He has not let me cut his hair since. I said, Mike, you <laughs> fell asleep. It's both our fault. I should have stopped cutting, but you were falling asleep and I thought I could do it. And he was bobbing. And so when he bobbed, the clipper was falling. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm good, but, uh, you might not want to fall asleep, okay? That's right, all I'm going right. to say. <laughs> now, haven't there been emergencies uh, on the homecoming tour where you've had to step in and help out in some styling department? Well, you know, you know, I'm trying to think. I've actually, well, we had a young lady that worked with us. I, I did her hair right there on the sidelines uh, 
of the bus and just, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to sweep a pair from outside and all that. But not really, um, I'm trying to think, uh, Bill has, I think Sherry does his sometimes when Glory's out, he does his hair. And, mm-hmm. Or they go, they, they go get his hair. I'm just kidding. That's a joke, <laughs> Bill. I love you. <laughs> they go get his hair and bring it in. Yeah. But, yeah. but no, pretty much, uh, other than my babies, um, I, I, I've kind of stayed out of that department. Uh, now, Sonia Isaacs will jump in, and we we share tips on makeup and eye makeup especially. But, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's, and but we did Mark Lowry's hair and face once just for a magazine mm-hmm. uh, shoot thing that was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Uh, what's your least favorite part of of doing what you do, going out on the weekends and traveling? And stuff? You don't have to ask me. Really, I mean, it's no. This is a no brainer. Vocalizing. A lot of people don't vocalize, Daniel, but. Yeah. I sing very powerfully, not just speaking anointing thing. I'm, I'm saying just the strength it takes. I don't, I'm not a la, la, la. I'm a la. I'm just yeah, out there. Yeah. And you can't get up and just sing like that, just like that. So I have to put on this, and I love Kristen Carol Beatty. <laughs> I put mm-hmm. on this boring, boring vocal exercise. Mm-hmm. It says, now go with me and do da-da-da, and you go da-da-da-da-da. So that is, I told somebody the other day, I said, I don't. Don't loosely use the word hate like that. Or, so I will say I, I greatly despise the vocalization factor of the ministry. I think that is the hardest thing. It sounds like, Linda, you're kidding. So what happens, like, when I get home, if we get home on a Sunday or whatever, we're home Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I will start vocalizing. Now today is um, uh, whatever, Monday, and I know however it's going to come out on the radio, but mm-hmm. – uh, I start vocalizing a couple days before I even go on the road, and then, of course, into the third night and the fourth night, you're vocalizing just to get your strength up. And it's like lifting weights. You don't start with 30 pounds if you haven't lifted five. Hmm. So for me to hit any, even though I'm, I'm not a big note person, I'm a more of a volume and power pack singer. Mm-hmm. So I need that vocalization techniques, and I've done that since I had my two girls. I lost an octave on my range, on both babies. I used to sing really, really high. And people go, you're kidding. I have uh, CDs or cassettes of high songs, and people are like, Linda, no way that you ever sound like this. I go, yeah. But when I had Patience and Joy, I lost two octaves. Wow. And so I need to vocalize. And then on the more casual, what is it that you have to do that you don't necessarily care to do to go out on the road, it would be, I don't know, we got stuff on the bus, but you know, you gotta, you, you take stuff back off. And, you know, some things just stay on the bus, and there's some things you bring back in the house. And mm-hmm. so it's that kind of packing and kind of thing. But yeah, but um, other than that, it's, that's, I look forward to it because that's the only time I get a nap, basically. <laughs> you know, just come yeah. out of the road. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's, it's really the only thing I would say was vocalization is the, is the main thing. Well, let's talk about your projects. Uh, you've, you've done several now. I know, uh, Bill Gaither has produced a lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, from the Homecoming series. Yeah. And then you did the Mahalia Jackson project. Yeah. Um, tell me how that came about. Well, just loving, loving, loving Mahalia Jackson. Just passionate about her heart. Um, uh, she sang with such a reverence for God. Um, the kind of reverence that, uh, you don't see a lot anymore. I mean, some people are not judging at all, but they're, you know, just what seems to be. You can look at some folks and maybe just another song or somebody said it has a great groove or beat, so let's just sing it. And there's no power. There's no anointing. There's no reverence. And um, But she sang with such passion and reverence. And, of course, she was a bridge builder. She was a pioneer in so many ways. And so that inspired me, and I thought, 
this will be great just to do a tribute uh, to Mahalia, and that's how that whole project was birthed. And what's the latest? The latest is uh, – actually, this is the Christmas CD with my brother, yeah. but the God on the Mountain um, CD. Mm-hmm. Now, we did God on the Mountain that was live. Um, right. It was from um, the uh, – uh, the actual recording that I did in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, down there at the Grove, uh, Billy Graham's place down there, mm-hmm. uh, that was the life on the record because we put Thomas together. That song just took on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And so Bill allowed us to just pull together some of the tracks I had done with them and they put it on the disc. Then I went in and sang a few other songs and that's how Thomas was born. Mm-hmm. But God on the Mountain is just been so powerful. We named the, this latest CD uh, God on the Mountain with uh, 11 other songs on it and it's just been blessing people all over. Um, our Best of Linda Randall DVD just went gold wow. which is amazing and that is that has the God on the Mountain on it. I'm free one day the best of and I believe that song in particular has had a lot to do with it getting that status. Uh, and so we are blessed. And uh, in an upcoming, of course, is where we just did an amazing video that's getting ready to hit. This is a great timing, Daniel, too, with the interview. Um, um, Feed the Children. Okay. We just did a, a project with them. Yeah. Uh, we're so excited. First, they're going to start airing the Christmas uh, deal we did with them October 24th through December 25th. And then we did a Linda Randall Live. I had a 60-voice choir, live band, uh, Michael Tate. Tony Tate, Patricia Tate, Maxine Tate, which is my mom, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Russ Taff. And it was just a night to remember. And that's going to start airing literally worldwide uh, January of this uh, coming of 2007. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna, oh, we got, uh, back to God on the Mountain, the song. Yes. Uh, do, do you know the history of do you know the McCameys? Have you heard oh. that story there? Yeah, well, well I, I heard they sang the song, but I don't know the story, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know that I have a story. I was just saying they, they had it real big in their style of music, and yeah. then several years later you come with your style. And I think that that's kind of it, – uh, it reaches a different audience and a new audience. And if nothing yeah. else, it's it's this, it's a great song that kind of uh, was in the McCamey's chapter, and now it's a new chapter with Linda Randall. has been yeah. rebirthed and re, uh, put back out uh, for yeah. the public to hear. Yes, Les Beasley of the Florida uh, Voice – Told me, and he was he was really truthful about it. He said, when Bill said you're going to do God of the Mountain, and he knew how low that was and everything, and mm-hmm. uh, the uh, actually the demo that Bill sent me of the song that I almost turned down mm-hmm. because I thought it was a little bit more country than I wanted to go. I mean, when I heard it, Lily uh, May Weatherford sang the song in her deep low tones. It was beautiful, and I told mm-hmm. I said, baby. This is a great message. I said, but this song is so country. <laughs> Life is easy. Yeah. Weird. I was like, oh, my, so country. I, you know, and he said, but baby, you know, I just gone through the two years of grief depression. I mean, I had a lot of loss in my family. And the, so mm-hmm. the, the valley thing, I'd walk through some stuff. And he said, but listen to the lyrics. This is powerful. Okay, you know. And, of course, I said, sure, um, uh, to the song to sing it. But less was there at the, the Grove Inn uh, there in Nashville. And he said, before I'd even started, he says, there's no way this girl's going to hit these notes. And he pretty much, and not anything bad about me, he was just like, well, he said, when I opened my mouth and those notes came out, he said that was the first time he'd really listened to the lyrics 
all the way through, if I'm not misquoting him, he he said that's the first time I really heard that song. Wow. And I'm not trying to take credit for that, but I'm trying to take credit for not credit for anything, but trying to let you know how awesome this is a God thing because he didn't even think I could do it mm-hmm. because it was so low and it was just perfect. And he goes, this, the way God used you to sing it made me listen. And I got a, uh, an email. We get, by the way, tons and tons of emails, especially God on the mountain. Um, but somebody just said they, when they hear, they, they just, just get it almost in a trance. The lady said we get just spellbound by the TV basically hmm. because of the lyric is something that draws people in i don't know it is the holy spirit this is definitely a signature song that's in my life that i never dreamed you couldn't have told me i would be known <laughs> in in big ways because of this country song yeah god on the mountain so great day in the morning it's yeah. nobody but god well once you've heard her voice you'll never forget it linda randall and it's linda with a y right how many times do you get Linda with an I? Well, a lot, but <laughs> yeah, that's all right, though. But it's important to remember because your website is lindarandall.com, right? Yes, absolutely. And we can we can not only keep up to date through your newsletter and through your tour schedule, but we can also order a product yes. that, through that. Yes. And um, what what you, what's in? You've mentioned a couple of things for 2007. What are you What are you really excited about for next for this I, coming year? You know what? We're going to be doing a lot of dates on our own as well. And we did before Bill Gaither, but not to this degree. But we've been invited to various women's conferences, and and Mike and I have opportunities to speak and to share together and do ministry together. We are just excited about, I don't know, it just seems like for us just new beginnings. I mean, every time, you know, of course, the year starts. But we're going to venture out into some things. Um, we got some things under wraps, Daniel, and uh, we have a burden for conferences or just gatherings for younger married couples as ourselves hmm. like ourselves that that don't get to hear the truth sometimes about marriage you know we want to we want couples to be real that there are going to be times that you disagree there might be times that you even want to walk away there are times that you don't understand there you know so we, we've talked about that and with reggie and lady love smith um we talked about teaming up and doing some things russ taff and and us we are so connected. He's my big, big brother on the road. I mean, we tour together in Europe. Our family goes over. Russ comes over. And Russ actually got me over there initially. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're talking about some some pretty amazing stuff. And we just want to know that God is putting desires in our hearts uh, as well. But uh, just just keep praying and looking out because we're open. We are just availing ourselves. And uh, I think God wants to draw us out into the deep. And to to start really getting involved in things that we're passionate about that have everything to do with eternal perspective, kingdom building, and that's what we plan to do. So, if anyone's listening, a pastor or a conference planner uh, yeah. across the XM Nation right now, and yeah. they uh, they think, well, maybe we could do something. Maybe we'd like to bring Linda and Michael in, and maybe uh, part of the team, Lynn, uh, yeah. Lady and Reggie Love, or maybe Russ. They could just contact you at the website, I guess. Yeah, well, they can call us at um, uh, 816-792-5353. That's 816-792-5353. That's our office here in Kansas City or lindarandall.com. But we are, yeah, we are just, I'm, I don't know, Dan, you've, you, I'm sure you know what it feels like when, you know, there's something God is just they, you're so passionate about and you're excited because you're getting ready to walk into it. You don't know all of the details. Mm-hmm. You don't understand all the ramifications. 
you may not even have it all planned out the way you'd like to see it planned out, but you're kind of walking in it, and it just it just it's exciting because I don't know what he's got in store, but I know that um, he's gonna he's gonna use this mightily for uh, kingdom good. Well, Linda, this has been so much fun. Can we do it again? Absolutely. Anytime you get ready, babe. Okay. Hey, thanks. <laughs> hey, love you, and I'm so proud of you, babe. <laughs> hey, thanks. Love you too, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Daniel. Okay, bye bye.